0: Hey, how's it going? This is Joe McCall, REI in your car. Hope you're doing well. Hey, I got a confession to make. I am a scam. I'm a fraud. Psych! Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am uh, I'm actually in Spokane, Washington, and I'm speaking at a real estate conference thing. Um, I'm actually in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I flew into Spokane, but now I drove over to Coeur Idaho, and I'm speaking tonight and tomorrow morning at a conference. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's raining outside right now, and I'm in the car. But um, I wanted to talk about a couple things that were on my mind. And, you know, there's a lot of haters out there. And there's also half truth to what a lot of the haters out there are saying right like there's always kind of an element of truth to it but sometimes the haters are so angry they twist it and make it sound way worse than it is and in a certain sense just aren't very fair no i i know i have haters i don't know of any right now but i've had them in the past and vicious haters and i uh, will have some in the future probably right so i've always believed in transparency and honesty right like I've never tried to, I mean, honestly, the, I can't remember ever trying to be a lie or trying to be somebody that I'm not or intentionally lying about what I do in, in my business and all of that stuff. I know a lot of people that have and it's, it's sad, it's frustrating. So, you know, and I, I wanted to just, I, I know you guys don't think I'm perfect, so I'm not like, I, that's always kind of annoyed me when somebody's doing a podcast or teaching and they say, yeah, I'm just like you. I, you know, I still have to do whatever and wipe my butt. Like, really, you have to say that because you really think that you, we might think that you're not like us. So you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that's always been annoying at the same time. But like, um, I've done this podcast now for 11 or 12 years and I have a pretty big audience on YouTube and, email lists and podcast audience and whatnot, right? So I take my reputation very, very, very seriously. And I understand, like, I'm not going to, I can't be all things to all people. I can't make everybody happy. And the minute I try to make everybody happy, I become irrelevant and people start to turn me off. And so, like, I stand for things, right? And I think it's important to stand for important things. You're not going to hear me stand for political stuff on this show but I will stand for religious stuff you know my faith is real important to me so anyway I've done podcasts about this before and I wanted to talk about it just because I want you all to know that I've failed miserably a lot of times as every successful business person has as I think we all have so I I've, I've had a lot of successes, but I've had a lot of failures. And I think the reason why I've had a lot of success is because of the failures that I've been through. And by God's grace, he's gotten me through them. And I think I've come out stronger because of it, right? But I've told this story many, many times. And I want to just share it again to let you all know, like, this is me. I am Joe McCall, right? Like, I got a lot of flaws and errors and mistakes and made a lot of dumb mistakes in the past, But kind of just starting off from a business perspective, like I had way back because I bought a bunch of houses in 2006 at the height of the market. I've talked about this a lot, but I'm going to talk about it again. So I bought a lot of properties at the height of the market. I got a lot of mortgages that I probably shouldn't have got. And it was just, you know, at that time, anybody, you could get a loan, right? If you fog a mirror, you can get a loan. And um, so I bought a lot of properties, as many as I could, with traditional bank financing. And I immediately turned around and rented them out. But I, I bought them way too high. I was counting on appreciation. You know, I, I naively looked at the history of prices for housing and real estate. And they would always go up. And, you know, on average, over the last 50 years at that point, the average appreciation across the United States was 8% a year so worst case I'm in St. Louis you know it'll go up 6% so I counted on 6% appreciation well when the market crashed I lost my shorts and all of a sudden I had a bunch of vacancies I was behind on mortgages I borrowed a bunch I had a bunch of private money that I borrowed and I took over a bunch of mortgages subject to and I had bank mortgages and stuff like that Um, so I, I had, I had a short sale on my personal residence and I had some foreclosures on some of my rental properties and it was embarrassing. It was really, really difficult and hard when we had to, you know, we, we, we had to, we saved a foreclosure on our personal residence because we did a short sale, but we had, you know, we were up against the clock and we all of a sudden had to move and none of our neighbors knew. Right. And, um, It was like all of a sudden there's the moving truck and we're moving out and we had to talk to them and it was humiliating. Very, very humiliating. And so now my private investors, by the grace of God, I paid all of them back. Paid all of my private investors back. The houses that I took over subject to, I never missed a mortgage payment. So, but you know, there was a lot of like day 29, hour 23 when I was making those mortgage payments at the last minute because you get it when you're making somebody else's mortgage payment if it's due on day one and you make the payment on day 14 there's no late fees but if you make it the payment on day 16 there's late fees right it's not a ding on their credit but if you make the payment on day 31 that's a 30 day late on that seller's credit which is a big deal that really dings their credit for a long time so when you're buying houses subject two, you should never, ever, ever be in a situation where you are in a tight spot and you can't make that seller's mortgage payment. So consequently, I had to rob Peter to pay Paul and negotiate with my private investors to give me more time. And I had to miss, we, you know, we missed my own mortgage payments because I was making these payments on these subject twos. Which is one of the reasons why I love lease options so much. Because when I got out of all this, I swore to myself that I would never own another deed again for an investment property. And I have. But, like, since then, I have. But, like, I did not want to ever be in that situation again. So it's really important, and I teach this all the time, to when you're buying houses for to rent, whether it's subject to or owner financing or lease options, and you have other sellers and even bank loans, right? And you have other lenders dependent on you to make those payments. You better have reserves. You better have three to six months of back payments of like mortgage payments, lender payments, interest payments in reserves that you can make if you had to, make sense? I mean, like that's gospel right there. That is so important. Well, okay, so that was a huge business failure. I had maybe seven, Foreclosures, a couple short sales on some investment properties and a short sale on my own personal residence. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty ugly. Now, fast forward a couple, three years. Um, I started getting behind on my taxes and I did a video about this about a year ago on YouTube and I did a podcast about it, talking about it. I got a little bit behind on my taxes. There was a point where I was writing off all these losses from my real estate deals and we had adopted um, four of our kids So I had a lot of adoption tax credits. And so for a couple, three, well, four, five, six years, I didn't have to pay anything in taxes because of all these losses and these deductions that I got. And then I started making a lot of money. And all of a sudden, two things happened at the same time. I ran out of my deductions and I started making a lot of money. And all of a sudden, I was hit with a $100,000 tax bill. And I had to come to Jesus moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? You mean I have to pay taxes? <laughs> uh, you have to what are quarterly taxes? What is that? Like I used to just collect my receipts and give them to my accountant, right? And the, and this was after I had started my podcast and this was after I'm like I'm teaching people how to do real estate and I'm late on my taxes. So, I kind of did a lot of things like i freaked out buried my head in the sand and then after a little bit of that started making payments on my old taxes so what happened then is i started paying taxes on my old ta- uh paying my late taxes but not paying on my new taxes and i started making more money and so um all of a sudden i'd get a new tax bill well the tax due date was coming i'd file an extension to give myself more time and all of a sudden i'd owe you know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in taxes and I kept on digging myself in a bigger and bigger hole. And I didn't talk to anybody about this. My wife didn't know. None of my, my coaches knew. My friend, nobody knew. And I was trying to fix this myself. And I had this national platform. And I'm like completely embarrassed and humiliated by it. So, um, and then it just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And about three or four years ago, I finally paid it off. Is that right? Two years ago? So, well, let me say this. About f- four years ago, five, four or five years ago, I hired a new operations manager. Right? And she's like a bookkeeper and an operations manager and an accountant and all that. And, one. and I said, I want you to implement profit first. And um, I started finally getting my head out of the sand. I owed over $520,000 in taxes and late fees and penalties and all of that. Again, I've talked about this before. Um it's Just it's, uh, as I'm talking about it now, I'm like, my head is in my hand and I'm embarrassed. But here it is, right? I just want you to know, like, I've made a lot of dumb mistakes. And I think a lot of you guys can relate, maybe. That's why I'm kind of talking about this. Well, $520,000 in taxes. Now, what's funny is that, that as I've been talking about it, I've had people come up to me and say, oh man, that's nothing. <laughs> what, what were you freaking about? I owed $2 million in taxes. Or you find I come. people are coming to me that some of you might know and are like, uh, Joe, hey, uh, I'm in the same boat, man. What did you do? Well, okay. So I started implementing profit first is the main thing, right? And um, my, I talked to, I got a call from the IRS. They said, hey, you need to come to our office and didn't wouldn't you know it they have an office like 15 minutes from my house so i go there to meet this guy and he says joe um we've been trying to reach you and talk to you and this is getting pretty bad he said if you don't do something here uh we're going to take your house we're going to take everything you own and put you in jail how does that sound like I said, that would suck. That would not be fun. <laughs> but I was like almost in tears. I was shaking. It, it, it was like, oh God, I, I feel like crying right now. Like, oh Lord. So this was four years ago. Four years ago, guys. Like I've got this podcast. I've got a reputation. People know me. I'm supposed to be a successful real estate investor and I can't pay my taxes I started reading stories of celebrities that were going to jail for tax evasion. Uh, my passport was going to expire, and you can't renew your passport if you owe taxes. Did you know that? And now my real estate license is coming due, and I owed—oh man—I owed like a fifty or seventy grand to the state for taxes. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, the IRS said. Joe, you need to number 1 get current on your current taxes. Forget about your old taxes right now. Get current on your current taxes. And then start they put me on a payment plan for my previous taxes. So within about 6 months of that, I got current on my current taxes. I put myself on payroll and I we started implementing profit first and it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be to get current on my current taxes. And here's the thing. I couldn't negotiate with the IRS either, right? Because I, you have to, you have to have hardship and it has to be legit hardship. So like I, you know, my, I had a five-year-old car and we had a really, really nice house and a really nice area and I had money in my bank account. So like I couldn't claim hardship. I would have had to lie and that's always going to get you into more trouble. And here's the thing too. We were lease optioning a house. A really nice house and I couldn't get a mortgage on it and I was running out of time on this lease option house and we put a lot of money into it down payment option consideration money and in repairs and I'm running against the clock I got to get a mortgage and I can't because I got a five hundred twenty thousand dollar tax lien on my credit and my wife didn't know about it all at this time right but like nobody else did right all my real estate friends didn't know my coaches didn't know my students didn't know right so um anyways fast forward i paid off i got current on my current taxes and they put me on a five-year plan to pay off my old taxes it's like 10 grand a month would would be like what is that four years 48 months um but i i cut that in half so i I paid all of my old taxes in about two years um then i finally could get a mortgage and and, um yeah we've got an incredible beautiful house right now right and so that was about two years ago that I paid everything off. Oh, so I did a podcast about it. Maybe, was it two years ago? I don't know. It might've been a year, one or two years ago. But I, I've, I've, I started talking to people about it because I, I didn't want to be found out. I didn't want somebody who, a hater, this kind of goes back to me where I started this whole thing with. I didn't want a hater to be like, oh my gosh, did you know Joe McCall is a fraud and he's blah 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 he's got a bunch of foreclosures and he's got he owes a $520,000 in taxes in fact the um, the county records are clear like the tax liens have been removed but if you were to skip trace me you would see that most tax liens still show in my skip traced records like if you were to say alright show me all of the people who are late ta- in taxes in St. Louis County I would show up on that so um, Oh, my gosh. Anyway, why am I telling you all this? Well, I'm telling you all for a couple of reasons, a selfish reason. And I think a reason that's going to help all of you all. Right. I know there's haters out there. And so I, I want to get I want to air my dirty laundry <laughs> before a hater does. Um, but also, I want you guys to know that, man, everybody makes mistakes. We've all do stupid stuff. And some of you have not been as bad as what I am. And some of like you are going to hear what I just said and be like, oh, man, I thought I was in bad hot water. <laughs> Joe had Joe it worse. Like, I guess it's not that bad. There is hope. And some of you guys have done worse. And you're going to be like, oh, man, Joe got out of it. And Joe's talking about it. And it's OK. And people don't hate him. I, th- I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe some of you, maybe I'll, I don't know. Some of you may think, oh, man, I thought Joe was better than that. And you may unsubscribe to the podcast. You may give me negative reviews and comments on YouTube. I don't know. That's cool. Like, I totally get it. But here's the point. I, I want you guys to understand, if you've made mistakes in the past, if you have have foreclosures, maybe I know guys that are doing really well, you would think, from the outside, and they're behind on their mortgage payment, and they're going into foreclosure. Um, and, and, and there's guys I know that... Um, but I just want to be real careful. I don't want to share any personal things like people have shared with me in confidence. But oh, like we're all kind of messed up, right? And and what's happening now with the economy? A lot of people are in debt to their eyeballs. They're over leveraged. They've taken on more than they can handle. And with the market shifting like this, you're going to see a lot of people out there that are going to um, have significant problems, bankruptcies. Foreclosures, Loans are going to get called due. They're not going to be able to refinance their multifamily unit apartments. And um, private investors are going to start getting nervous. They're going to call their money due. You know, because I did things back then where um, I would tell a private investor, because it was easy to get private money, I said, "Let's just give me a 60-day written notice and I'll give you your private money back. Because I could replace it with somebody else's money. But you know what? When all of a sudden there is no more equity in the house and it's upside down, I have to come up with 30 grand to give to this private investor, and there's not going to be any other investor in their right mind that would lend me money. Oh, man, I got stories to tell you about that. So here's the thing a lot of us have made a lot of really dumb mistakes, but I don't want your, I, I, how can I say this? Like, I, I don't want you to get discouraged. Like, there's a lot of you all and all of us together listening to this. Like, you're not alone. Okay, you're not alone. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You're going to come out on the other side and you're going to be a stronger person because of it. You're going to be a smarter, wiser, better businessman or woman because of it. So don't get discouraged. Don't beat yourself up. Don't don't give yourself excuses either. You got to own up to your mistakes. Admit to that. You know, you got to rip that bandaid off and come clean and talk about it. Get some help with somebody as soon as possible and stop hiding. Pull your head out of the sand. Pull, pull your head out of your butt and get some help. Talk to somebody about it. You know, I belong to a, a coaching group called Leadership Boardroom. And uh, eventually I did tell these guys. And um, man, I was so nervous. And none of them condemned me. None of them got down on me. They came around behind me, man. They supported me. They lifted me up. They didn't bail me out, right? But like they started helping me, giving me uh, um, advice, giving me uh, wisdom and, and just really, really helping, praying for me. Things like that, right? So there's people out there that, that can help you, that can encourage you. And you just I just want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. There's people that have made in this industry, that guys that you know, that have made bigger mistakes than you have. And are maybe in the middle of it right now. Um, so sometimes you know what God's going to take your mess and turn it into a message. Like maybe kind of what He's done with me right now. I've made a lot of messes, um, and and I've had the I've had the privilege now to turn them into a message, and to maybe help them use this kind of stuff to encourage other people, to give some of you some hope. All right. Well, listen. I love you guys. I. I appreciate you all. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this podcast will be received. I don't know if I'm going to regret doing this, but it is what it is. I felt like I should do it. I felt like I should talk about it. And um, hopefully some of you guys will walk away with some gold nuggets and some encouragement to let you know that a lot of people have failed. And, you know, here's the other thing I'll say, and I'll wrap it up with this. Russell Brunson talks about this. Where um, he was at a point where he owed a bunch of money to the IRS, and uh, he had to fire like eighty people, and um, he was in big, big trouble. And he was a well-known guru, and he had to let like almost everybody go. His back was against the wall, and he was a, felt like a miserable failure. But he was he was talking to some coach, and I forget the exact words. He was talking to some real famous, um, highly regarded business strategic advisor, consultant guy, like, you know, really, really successful. And he said, um, he was telling him, Russell was telling him this guy, like his failures and stuff like that. And he said, Oh, that's not a big deal. (laughs) But he said, you know what? Never take business advice from somebody who hasn't, who doesn't have the splat. I think it's what it's called or who hasn't bounced. Like I, I would encourage you be careful of getting advice from a business consultant or coach or somebody who has not failed once. Uh, some of the most successful business people that we look at today as like tremendous successes and and just very uh, accomplished and all that. You, if, if they really are that accomplished and, and uh, that amazing, you go back into their history and they will have failures in the past and they will gladly talk to you about them <laughs> because those kinds of things are what make great business people. Okay? Be very, very careful taking real estate advice from somebody who's never done a bad deal. People that have been into real estate for like less than 10 years, like really? It's it's hard to make a mistake in this kind of market. It is so easy to make money in the market that we've had in the last 10 years. Like everything that you can touch turns to gold practically because prices are just screaming high. But now things are going to start shifting. Things are start changing. So I'd encourage you, to be careful who you get your advice from. But if you're that guy or gal who's had a hard fall, you're going to bounce back. And don't let that fall stop you. You're going to lose. Don't let it stop your momentum. Like, Pick yourself back up. Learn from it. Admit your mistakes. Be open and honest about it. Get some help. Please get some help. And then you're going to learn from it. You're going to become a much wiser, smarter, more successful, more wealthy business owner because of it. All right. That's all I got, guys. Appreciate you all. We'll see you. Take care.